Turn with me, if you would please, to three openings. Three openings this evening. Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. Thank God for the Word of God. I'm telling you, what, where would we be without the Word of God? Without the Bible? In a mess. We'd be lost. The Word, we're told in the Gospel accounts, John tells us, that not everything that Jesus said and did was recorded. He said that he supposed that if everything, that, you know, he writes his account and he gets to the, the last chapter there, and he says that uh, many other things he said, Jesus said and did, other than what he recorded. And he said he supposed that if everything that Jesus said and did was recorded, not even the world itself would contain the books that should be written. So we have actually a very small part recorded of everything that Jesus said and did. And because that's all we needed. But the things that we do have were hand-picked by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they are pertinent to everybody, everywhere, in every generation. Amen. What I'm saying is none of these accounts, none of these stories, none of these teachings that are recorded for us were just something that happened for them then. Or was for that group of people, if it was, if it was that way, it wouldn't be in the book. The things that were, that are in there were handpicked by the Holy Ghost because they're applicable to everybody everywhere from now on. All the time. So when you're reading in the gospel accounts, and anywhere in the word for that, for that matter, but you're reading a story that happened, you don't just want to go away thinking, well, that's neat. This happened, that Jesus said this, he did that, the disciples, the apostles said this, they did that, and that's neat. And if that's all you get, you're missing it. Because God's talking to you. Right? And there are uh, similes, there are applications of these truths in your life right now. Well, one of these stories I feel impressed for us to look at tonight and talk about. And so... Said out loud, real strong, the Word of God is God talking to me now. Hallelujah. I know uh, back years ago, when I was first getting hungry for God, before we ever came to Ramah, before we ever knew we had a call on our life, I began to feed on some good tapes. And without realizing it, I was feeding my spirit. And I was beginning to get stronger inside. Well, when your spirit gets stronger, you, be, you become more aware of God. And more aware of the things of God, including his call on your life and all those things. Well, I began to wake up spiritually. I'd been saved since I was uh, 12 years old. But just because you're saved doesn't mean you grow. And I wasn't getting fed where I was at, and I wasn't—I didn't know about a lot of things. And so I'm bumping along year after year, but 
not growing. Well, I begin to get a hold of some good faith food and spirit food and begin to grow and got hungry for God. You know, just like in the natural, if you don't have an appetite, that's a bad indication. Something's wrong. If you just go days and are not hungry, something's wrong with you. Right? You, if you're healthy, you have a good appetite. And it's exactly the same thing as true spiritually. If you're healthy spiritually, you have a good appetite for the Word of God. Amen? Amen. A lot of times people can't figure us out. Why don't you go to church on Saturday night? They don't go to church any more than they absolutely have to. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of folks, a lot of people, they don't enjoy church. They endure church. I mean, from the time they get in the parking lot, they're trying to figure out how much longer they got to be there. Before they, that's right, before they can go. Well, it's real simple. If you don't enjoy prayer, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy reading the Bible, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy going to church, somebody's not doing it right. Probably the whole bunch. Is that right? Because when you do it right, there's life in it. God's in it. Amen. It feeds you. It helps you. It's joy. Amen. The world can't understand that, but we found out something they don't know. Amen. But anyway, I, I remember in our little 1969 Marriott mobile home where we were living at the time. Not a, not a real swanky place. And uh, I got so hungry for God, man. I, I knew something was going on. I didn't know it, but I had a call on my life. And I remember being in the floor, just praying. I remember distinctly where I was at. I was by the uh, black imitation leather couch <laughs> on the red carpet. <laughs> and uh, I was crying out in the middle of the night. Phyllis was asleep and I was, you know, God, I, I said, you know, talk to me. Talk to me. What, what is it? You know, I'm... Talk, and of course, the more carnal and natural you are, then the more you look to the natural. You know, if you're if you're really carnal, then you want God to speak to you through an audible voice, or or something you can see, something you can feel. The more natural carnal you are, you gravitate to that. Well, that's where I was at. So I'm I'm you know, God talk to me, God talk to me, talk to me, and I must have said that a hundred times. And he did, thank God. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but I finally, you know, kind of ran out of gas and got quiet. And, and there, you know, bent over the, the couch, he, he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but I knew distinctly inside what he said to me. He said, Keith, he said, you don't know what I've already said to you. He said, I have said many, many, many things to you already. He said, and you don't know. He said, find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say anything else to you, I will. <laughs> hey, I'll never forget it. I never. I heard from God that night. And that's what he told me. Find out what I've already said to you. He said, you don't know what I've already said to you. And I didn't. I understand most folk are woefully ignorant of what he's already said. And so, man, I got a revelation. If I wanted God to talk to me, all I had to do is open any page in the Bible and go, Lord, talk to me. And start reading. And when I start reading, he's talking. Is that right? 
Amen. So, so don't try to have experiences and try to see angels and hear voices. Open the Bible. Start reading and, and start listening. Because he's talking on every page. Amen. Matthew 8. Are you there? We're going to read Matthew's account, Mark's account, and then Luke's account of the same story. And I'm just going to mostly read on these first two, and then I'm going to start teaching and preaching on the third one here. Matthew 8, 23. When he, Jesus, was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us. We perish. And he said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now let's turn to Mark's account, Mark 4. Mark records the same incident. But if it was recorded three times, there was a reason why it was. Right? And you'll find as you read this that one writer will say something the other one didn't. And when you put all three of them together, you get the whole thing. Mark 4 and verse 35. Mark 4.35. And the same day when the even was come, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And he said one, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now finally go to Luke, the 8th chapter. Now what we're talking about tonight is how to make it through. Amen. Everybody say how to make it through. You believe it's God's will for you to make it through. All the way. Did they make it through? There was a time when it looked like they wasn't. But they did. Is there anything in this story for us tonight? Oh yeah. It's recorded for a reason. So we can see what happened. What did happen, what didn't happen. What should have happened. And all of us in life have faced obstacles and challenges. Being a Christian is no guarantee that you will have no problems. In fact, the scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, <laughs> the Lord 
delivers them out of them all. All. Hallelujah. Being a person of faith. Knowing you have authority in Jesus' name. Knowing to pray. Knowing some word. Is no guarantee. That you're not going to have problems. And challenges. But if you really are a person of faith. And if you really do it according to the word. What guarantee you do have. Is that no matter what comes. You're coming through. Amen. You're coming through. It may, it may be tough. The wind may howl. The rain may fall and beat. It may look like it's going from bad to worse. But when you really know faith and you do walk in faith and you do act on what you have in God, when the dust clears or when the rain stops, as the case may be, you'll be standing there with the victory. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. I like that. I've whipped the devil many a time with that one verse. Oh, I slap him with that. Because he has a word. He, the, the, the word always. I've got it on a little plaque on my desk. Just the word always with an exclamation mark at the end. Always. Always what? I always win. Amen. He told me so. He always causes us to triumph. Well, the devil has a favorite phrase, and it's not this time. <laughs> you ever heard that? Not this time. I don't care if the Lord has met your financial needs a thousand times. If another bill comes up or this comes up, he'll come sit on your shoulder and go, not this time. Ain't going to work this time. Where's it going to come from? And God's done it. He's come through for you again and again. But if you get to listen to that, you get to doubting and fearing, you can have all kind of problems. But what you need to do is turn around, slap him with that always. He says, not this time. You go, always. Always. Amen. Well, they made it through. And we do too. Let's see how they did it. In Luke the 8th chapter, you're there. I suppose. Verse 22, Luke 8, 22. It came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. I'm going to give you a few numbers here of how to get to the other side. Amen. Number one, hear from God. I said, hear from God. Number one. Don't get into the next part. Here, I'll go ahead and give you number two. The next phrase says, they launched forth. That's number two. That's not number one. (laughs) Did you get that? (laughs) They launched out. That's number what? That's number two, not number one. What's number one? Hear from God. Then once you've heard from God, then whatever he told you to do, launch out on it. Amen. On what he told you to do. Now that may seem simple, but I'm telling you, <laughs> folk have major problems with this one. 
Because there's a lot of folk have heard about what this one did or that one did. And so they decide to launch out and do it too. Hmm? Are you there now? Well, so-and-so did this. So-and-so claimed this. So-and-so believed for this. So-and-so started this program or started that or started that ministry or this other ministry. Looks like it's working good for them. Let's do it. Yeah, but what people miss is they heard from God. Did you? Hmm? I've had people tell me, well, he didn't tell me not to do it. He didn't tell me I couldn't do it. That's not good enough. I said, That's, you, you need to hear from him. Amen. Before you just launch out. Somebody said, well, you, you're just talking about preachers and churches. No, I'm talking about launching out into a business venture. I'm talking about launching out into an investment. I'm talking about launching out into building a new house. I'm talking about launching out into getting married. If you want to make it through to the other side. And I understand many don't. Today, how many don't? Oh yeah, man, they, 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 uh, christened it with, with the big bottle and they were all standing with the bubbles and the, and the, the music and they, they blasted off, you know, like, like they're going to sail into eternity. And a few months later, it's all over. They didn't make it to the other side. They went about a hundred yards out and sunk. A lot of people go about a hundred yards out and sink in ministry. In marriage, in life, in investments, in undertakings. Number one is what? Hear from God. And then check it. And then check it again. Amen? And make sure you know that you've heard from God. I, you know, taught at Rama for years. Just recently uh, resigned. Just a few months ago from being a teacher, taught in the school for about 12 years, taught in healing school for about 13 some years, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I just got busy with other things, and there were a lot of good people there coming up through the ranks, and they had it covered, so uh, the Lord led us that way. But I remember I used to tell the students that uh, people had come out for get acquainted, and then people that were there for orientation, just first getting started, I'd tell them, number one thing, hear from God. You need to know that you know that the Lord's dealing with you to come. Amen. You don't come to Rhema because mama said you ought to. You don't come to Rhema because your brother did. Did you hear me? You don't come to Rhema because it's a good school and you need training. Did you hear me? See, we're not to be led by needs. Nor are we to be led by opportunities. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. We're to be led by hearing from God. And the reason I say that is because when, you know, when you get to Rhema or whatever it is God tells you to do, there are going to be some challenges. Amen. You're going to have to believe God on some things. And, and, and as soon as a challenge comes up, you know what one of the first things the enemy is going to hit you with? What? Exactly. Are you really supposed to be here? Hmm? Maybe you missed God. Hmm? And if you entertain that, and if you deliberate with that, that will totally undermine your faith to be able to stay. 
You cannot be in faith if you're questioning whether you ought to even be there or not. You can't. Brother Bosworth, F.F. Bosworth, who wrote the book Christ the Healer, one of his favorite sayings is, Faith begins where the will of God is known. And, and, and it's, you know, that's the same thing as Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Well, in hearing it, you get his will. Well, not only hearing him from the written word, but there are certain specific things that you won't find in the written word. Who to marry, what business to go into, whether you should go or not. But you can get that by the Spirit of God. And that's the word of the Lord too. But you get it and you make sure before you go. And I found out that in important things, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Amen. He's not going to change his mind day after tomorrow. It'll be God next week. And so when it's especially on important things, I look at it and I pray about it and I think about it. And when I think I know, I look at it again and I wait and check my spirit tomorrow. Amen. And the next week. You see what I'm talking about? And you don't launch until you know that you've heard from God. Amen. Number one, we could camp on it all night. Hear from God. Someone said, how do you hear from God? We've already told you one way. What do you do? Open this book and start reading. God's talking to you. Then also, you get quiet and pray. Pray in tongues. Pray with your understanding. Get quiet. Wait on God. Be still. Know that He's God. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to see things. Don't try to feel things. But you have a witness inside. A knowing. Amen. A knowing. And a sense. And the longer you look at something he's talking to you about, the stronger you'll sense. The stronger that sense becomes. And the stronger that knowing. And if you just stay after it long enough, you get to the place where you know that you know. Amen. And when you get to that place, now you're ready for number two. Amen. He told them. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. I don't know whether you know this or not, but this is Brother Hagin's favorite prayer when he travels. You know, the Lord's blessed him with a real nice airplane. Really nice. We get to ride on it quite a bit. And um, usually, before they take off, that's just what he says. Let's go over to the other side. That's what he says. And he's serious. He's releasing faith. Amen. We're not going halfway and crash. We're going all the way from point A to point B. Amen. From airport to airport, from the ground to the ground. We're going all the way to the other side. And that's Jesus said that, didn't he? Let us go where? Over to the other side of the lake. So what was the will of the Lord here? Get to the other side. Now, I'm telling you, it is so important to have the will of God clear in you before you start on a thing. Because the enemy is out there to try to trip you up and deceive you. And you, there's something you've got to keep coming back to. What happened to Eve in the garden? She was deceived. But how did, how did that scenario unfold? They're standing around there looking at the fruit. Mistake one. How many of there are certain places you ought not hang around? That's right. Right? That's right? Got no business being there. You know, the uh, writer of the Proverbs told his sons about the wayward woman and the prostitute. He said, don't go near the door of her house. Don't go down that street. 
Well, I'm just going to ride by and see what's going on down there. Maybe I'll pray for him. Yeah, we're going to have to pray for you. Did you hear me? If you used to have a drinking problem and the, and, and the enemy's trying to mess with you about it, you, you maybe there's a liquor store on the corner where you have to go to work. You may just need to go around the block. See what I'm saying? If you're tempted, you know, for instance, if you're trying to lose some weight and you go to the grocery store, it's easier to just not go down the cookie aisle. Huh? Just don't go down the aisle. It's easier to pass the store than it is the cookie bag. Now, if you bring that cookie bag home and put it in the cupboard, it's going to be hard to pass it there. Right? Here's the one. Make it easy on yourself. Don't subject yourself to, to unnecessary temptation. You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. I'm talking about your flesh. Your flesh. That's another message. But uh, he said, let's go over. This was his will. And so they launched forth. Once you know the will of God, launch out. You don't have to see how you can do it. When we, we got clear, the Lord told us we we're supposed to go to Ramah. We had no clue how we could do it. We just barely had enough money to get out there. How are you going to do it? You don't have to know how you're going to do it. If he said do it, launch out in faith. You don't have to see where everything's coming from. That's what faith is all about. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. I'm not talking about the game show now. They, they were in trouble. In trouble. And yet they're doing exactly what he told them to do. They're in the center of the perfect will of God. Doing what he told them to do. And they get into a situation where it looks like they're going to lose everything. It looks like total devastation, destruction is imminent. Can that be? Now, who's behind this storm? Does anybody know? I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I know y'all have heard a lot of good teaching. Who, who, who's behind this storm? Do you think the Lord sent this storm? God, the Father sent this storm on them? No. And do you understand that the enemy did this with Jesus in the boat? Didn't he? Jesus is right there in the boat. He tries to sink the boat anyway with Jesus in the boat. Maybe he thought Jesus is asleep. I'll sink the boat while he's asleep. Maybe I'll drown him before he wakes up. <laughs> is it true that the Lord may lead you into things and yet there will be obstacles. And, and, and he's the one that led you? Yeah. Yeah. He knows. He knew there were going to be some problems there. But he's planned and made complete provision for you to overcome. Amen. He didn't say let's go halfway and sink. 
Let's go over to the other side. That's his will. That's how it's supposed to turn out. Amen. But they're out there and it starts storming. If you look at the other accounts, look at the words. They're talking about a serious storm, a squall. I mean, high winds and, and the waves are kicking up and the boat is filled with water. But boats can't keep going full of water. These guys are used to being out on the water. And they know what kind of situation they're in. And they're, they, these guys are fishermen. And they're sailors, so to speak. And, and they, uh, they know it. And they're scared. How many of you know when the professionals get scared? You know you got a problem. Flying in an airplane. When the professional crew go, oh God. <laughs> and they're trained professionals. You know you got a problem. <laughs> and that's what's happening. These guys are pros. They live on the water. They work on the water. They've seen storms on the water before. And from their experience and from what they're seeing, they don't think they're going to make it. They believe they are going to sink. They're convinced of it. And Jesus is sleeping. You know, faith can sleep through a lot of stuff. And you know, one of the greatest acts of faith you can do sometimes is when you've got a lot of problems and you're so tempted to worry and pace the floor, it just go to bed and go to sleep. I'm serious. A lot of times praying all night long is unbelief. I said a lot of times praying all night long is unbelief. If you really were in faith, you'd pray a prayer, you'd turn it over to God, and you'd go to sleep. Amen. What some folk call intense prayer is just a worry session. You know how I know? I've been there. You know, things that are especially close to you, family, friends, and you know the situation sometimes too well, and uh, you're just tempted, you know, to, to worry about it and fret about it. But you're not going to help anybody worrying and fretting. You're not going to help any. You're not going to help the situation at all. I know if you grew up like I did, then it was just kind of an unspoken thing in our whole family, which was a large, I'm talking about the whole, you know, uncles and aunts and everybody, big family, that if you cared, you worried. If you didn't worry, you didn't care, and you're sorry. I mean, if your mama's in the hospital, and you're not broke up about it, you're sorry. I'm going to say what I'm talking about. That is wrong. I said that is wrong. There's no such thing as being depressed over something and being in faith about it. I don't care if you made 25 good confessions that day. If you're depressed over it, you are not in faith. Because when you're in faith, you believe God's heard your prayer. When you're in faith, you believe your words are effective and you are expecting good things. That doesn't depress you. When you're expecting good things, when you're expecting the money to come, it makes you glad. 
When you're expecting the symptoms to leave and the body to change, it makes you glad. So if you're depressed and you're sad, you're not in faith. Not in faith. Well, these guys are getting down. They're getting depressed. They're getting scared. Aren't they? I mean, they are, they're worked up. Really worked up. They're scared. And so they go to shake him to wake him up. Now, here's one of the biggest points of this whole story. Everybody's awake, right? They're, they're shaking him in the back of the boat. He's asleep on a pillow. Boat's full of water. I don't know if he's wet or not, but they, you know, they're shaking him. Jesus! Jesus! Wake up! In life, friends, even when you know you've heard from God, even when you're just doing exactly what he told you to do, storms can arise. Problems can come up. And it may seem like Jesus is asleep. (laughs) Did you hear me? I said seem like. It may seem like he's asleep. Here is uh, number three. The third thing is don't do what they did. (laughs) Number one, hear from God. Once you've heard from God, number two, launch out. Do what he told you to do. Realizing that you may encounter some difficulties. Just because you're saved, just because you're obeying God specifically, doesn't mean the devil's dead. He is your enemy. He is the hinderer. That's what he does. That's his occupation. He's good at it. And, you know, some people leave the impression that if you're a man or woman of faith, that the devil can't really mess with you. He can't bother you. Well, then in that case, uh, Paul wasn't a man of faith. Because you remember on more than one occasion, he talked about, for instance, to one of the churches, he said, I would have come to you once and again, but Satan hindered us. Hmm? Hindered us. What does that mean? Well, he, he threw up some problems. But you will not read Paul say, he never said, Satan stopped us. <laughs> but you do see where he said he hindered us. Can the devil cause you some problems? Yeah. There's plenty of demons and crazy people in the world. And between the two of them, some stuff can happen that can cause you some problems. Hmm? Some hindrances. Some delays on some things. You remember that when Daniel was praying and believing God for some revelation and the angel finally got to him, he told him he heard the prayer and headed that way 21 days ago. But he met with some resistance. And, you know, here's a side thought here. Now, Daniel wasn't fighting devils for 21 days. Did you get that? Daniel wasn't warring in the heavenlies. Daniel was standing for what he had asked for. And the angel was doing some things. Are you with me now? People get sidetracked on this. Majorly. The Lord didn't call you to scream at devils all the time. He called you to stand. Amen. If you do need to deal with the Spirit, you do, it, do it exactly like Jesus did. Two basic phrases he used all the time. Shut up and come out. That's not overly involved. Is it? Let's go over that one more time real slow. What do you, what do you say? 
shut up. Come out. People say, well, yeah, but I learned a lot by having this conversation with this wrong spirit. No, you didn't. They're liars. They're known liars. You need to just say, shut up. That's it. Shut up. Shut up. Come out. <laughs> right? What was I talking about before I got off on all that? Number three. Don't do what they did. What did they do? Go to Romans, 10th chapter. I'll show you what they did. We're coming back to Luke now, but go to Romans chapter 10. Talking about how to make it through. How to make it through, how to make it all the way through. And I might add, how to arrive in good style. (laughs) Romans 10. Verse 6, Romans 10, 6 says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. So he's talking about faith and he's talking about righteousness. He said, say not. Everybody say not. That's what you don't say. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above? Verse 7, or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Well, why would you be wanting to get Christ down from above? See, what did they do? Things are going wrong. What did they do? They went to him and they started trying to get, come on, Jesus. You got to do something. They're calling, it seemed to them like, well, Jesus was asleep. And I said, there'll be times it may seem to you like he's asleep. He never sleeps or slumbers. But they're calling out to him. And it was the wrong thing to do. If they wanted the best. Did you hear me? Do you understand there are times when people are praying and they're doing the wrong thing? Thank you for those three amens. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. Let me just jump, you know, fast forward just a little bit here. When they did get him awake, Jesus opened his eyes and goes, what? What? They said, Lord, we're drowning out here. Get up. Get up. We're we're about to perish. And and one of the writers said, don't you care that that we're perishing out here? Don't you care? We're sinking, man. We're drowning. Don't you care? They questioned his love. That's a serious thing. Now, we learn volumes by Jesus' response. Did Jesus look up and go, Boy, you guys should have woke me up earlier. (laughs) You haven't let the boat get full of water. Did he stand up and speak to the winds and waves and look at them and go, Man, I'm glad y'all woke me up. A few more minutes, we'd all been gone. Huh? Did he? Did he say anything like that? What did he say? He looked at them and he said, where is your faith? Whose faith? He knew where his was at. He's not talking to them about his. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? You might conclude he wanted them to do something differently than what they did. Right? 
He demonstrated what should have been done. And then he turns and looks at them and goes, where's your faith? Here this passage says, don't say this. Romans 10, 8. Don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven and bring Christ down from above? Who will descend to the deep and bring up Christ again from the dead? But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Hallelujah. Where's the answer? Where's the help? But we got to band together and pray and get the Lord to come down. You ever heard talk like that? Let's believe God and get him to come down. That's what they did. They went and shook him. Lord, you got to do something about this. Anybody ever read a scripture over in Mark 11, 23 and 24? Anybody know what it says? Help me out. What does it say? Mark 11, 23. Whoever will say to the mountain, be thou removed. Be cast in the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says come to pass. He'll have what he says. See, exactly what we read about here. Believing in the heart, saying with the mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. Is that prayer? Hmm? We better turn there. Mark 11. I thought y'all told me y'all knew that verse. Mark 11, are you there? Mark 11. Jesus had spoken to the fig tree. And it dried up from the roots. Took place over the course, I guess, of 24 hours or so. And the day after he spoke to it, when they saw it, Peter remarked and different ones said, Master, verse 21, the fig tree you cursed is withered away. Verse 22, Mark eleven twenty-two. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Remember, he asked them, where's your faith? Verse 23, for verily I say to you, that whosoever will pray and ask the Father, Father, move this mountain, and shall persist and not cease, but continue to beseech the Father, then the Father shall move that mountain. Hmm? Is this prayer? That's not, the, that's not everybody. Mark eleven twenty three, Is it prayer? When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, did he pray? Did he speak to the Father about it? Did he ask the Father to do something about it? No. On this particular instance, we're talking about when Jesus spoke up on the, uh, in that little boat filled with water, did he pray and ask God to stop the wind and waves? No. Somebody said, yeah, but, but, but he's the son of God. He, he can do that kind of thing. If you believe that, then you don't understand things. Philippians 2 tells us, well, in fact, one translation words it like this, that when, when Jesus was born as a man, he emptied himself and became like other men. Remember Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Well, I understand that, that God... You know, the anointer doesn't need to be anointed. Why would he need to be anointed? 
Because he laid it aside. When he became a man, he really did become a man. Amen. He did not operate with the omniscience of God. He didn't operate. Somebody said, yeah, but he knew things by the word of knowledge. Yeah, but he, he, he did this and that by faith and by the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. If it's not so, then how could we believe John 14 where he said, He that believes on me, the works that I do, will he do also and greater works than these. How could we believe that? If he did it as God, I'm not God, you're not God, we couldn't do it. But if he did it as a man anointed with the Spirit and he would anoint us with the same Spirit, then we can see how it could happen. Amen. Amen. When it comes to the redemptive work, Jesus is in a class by himself. None of us born of a virgin. None of us made it through our whole life and didn't sin. Right? He is in a class by himself. And thank God for it. But when it comes to his ministry, to his prayer life, to his faith walk, to the way he ministered to people and ministered healing and deliverance and did miracles, he did not do it as God. That is our example. I said, that is our example. We're supposed to follow in his footsteps and do what he did. If not, why did he turn around and look at them and said, where's your faith? Why? Why didn't they, as so many, you know, scriptorians, supposedly, as so many theologians believe, why didn't Jesus turn around and look at them and say, well, I'm glad you woke me up. Because I'm the only one in this boat that could do anything with this situation. That's how masses of Christians believe. But how can you believe that? It would be unreasonable. It would be unfair for him to turn around and look at them and go, where's your faith? Why are you so full of fear? They might say, because we're sinking. Because we're about to drown. Because we're in a typhoon. Pick any one. That's why I'm scared. They didn't answer. Why? Because none of those were, it was an acceptable answer to Jesus. None of them. They've been following him around for years. They've been hearing his preaching and teaching. They've been seeing him minister to people. And he gave them authority. Do you remember that? He gave them power. He gave them authority over demons and over sickness. And they had been using it. And so when this storm comes up, he took care of it. At the last minute, but he turns around and looks at them and wants to know, why didn't you do something about that? Hmm? Why didn't you do something about it? Instead of what? Instead of waking him up. Jesus! Jesus. How many understand that many, many Christians are right here, right now? Jesus! Come down and heal me! Jesus! You've got to do something. You've got to meet my needs here now. Jesus! Wake up! He ain't asleep. Why don't he do something? He told you to do something. I said he told you to do something. Mark eleven twenty three is not prayer. Go to Matthew 21. Matthew's account of it real quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, my master. Matthew 21. Now, this is the same account of what's recorded in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. But Matthew's account, he worded a little differently. And it's exciting here. Some things, some, some words he uses. Matthew 21, verse 19. 
Matthew 21, 19. When Jesus saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it, found nothing thereon but leaves only. You know, this was a hypocrite fig tree. We're told in that part of the country, this particular tree, that if it had leaves and the size and everything that it was in the time of year, that it should have at least had a little bit of green fig or something on it. But it had a show of fruit, but no fruit. It's a hypocrite tree. So he cursed it. And when the disciples saw it, you know, presently the fig tree withered away. We know it was about, you know, 24 hours or so. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. And they said, how soon is fig tree withered away? They're marveling. They're going, wow. You see what Jesus did? And he did not take that opportunity to say, yeah, I can do that. I'm the son of God, you know. I can do stuff like that. I wish you guys could, but I'm sorry. <laughs> not everybody can be the son of God. It's just some of the perks of being the son of God. I know that's humorous and people might think that that's, you know, sacrilegious. But I'm telling you, people believe that way. And they believe lies. Let's rip off the the junk. What did he really say to them? They're standing looking at the tree going, wow. Man, that tree was green yesterday. I saw it. Look at it. It's brown. It's shriveled up. Trees don't die that quick. We heard him talk to it. Let me stop right here. Did Jesus pray over that tree? No. Did he pray, Oh, Father, I beseech thee, strike this lying fig tree. If it be thy will. That's where most of the church world is at. And it's not what he said. It's not the Bible. What did he do? He just spoke to it. No man will eat fruit from you from here on out forever. And he turned and walked away. No earthquake, no flash of lightning, nothing. From what they could see, nothing happened. But something did happen. And that's the way it always works in the spirit. I've done that to many tumors. Many different growths. I kill them. What do you mean you kill? With the name of Jesus. I kill them. I'm not talking about prayer. Command them to die. Shrivel up. You can do it too. Amen. Every Christian has a right to the name of Jesus. He spoke to it. They're standing there marveling. And Jesus, verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it shall be done. And... All things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. The faith principle works the same in prayer. But he's talking about two different things. Are you with me? Now, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from your Father. You have a right to ask for it. In prayer, in the name of Jesus, faith works the same way. When you pray, believe you receive it. But God's not in the business of putting mountains in your way. Right? So when there's an obstacle and a problem in your way, you don't need to beg God about it. You need to speak to it. 
I said, you need to speak to it in the name of Jesus with all faith and expectancy that it has to obey you in Jesus' name. Are you with me now? Did you see what he said? He said, they're standing there with their mouth open looking at this fig tree and what he did with his faith, with the words of his mouth. And they, and he said, listen, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which he's done to the fig tree. Is he telling them they could have done that? How much plainer could you say it? Not only is he saying that, he said, you could, you could have done that. You could have done what I just did. Not only that, see that mountain over there? They went, yeah. You could move that. Somebody said, you talking about a literal mountain? Yeah. But most of these mountains are okay where they're at. <laughs> I'm talking about literal ones, physical ones. And so I don't recommend that you focus on that per se, but on getting the problems out of your life. The things that are a problem to you. Getting them out. But it's not prayer. It's not shaking Jesus night and day. Jesus! Jesus! Come down. Come down and help me. Come down and make this go away. Make the devil leave me alone. Make him quit. Jesus, wake up. What's Jesus is asleep. Y'all help me wake him up. Jesus! People do this night and day. Please, Jesus. Please. They're praying when they should be saying. They're trying to get the Lord to do something when He's already given us authority and told us to do something. Hmm? Go back to your text there. Luke. I'll try to wind this up. Luke 8, are you there? Luke 8. Let's go over this again. Number one, what do you do? You hear from, you don't do anything till you hear from God. Hmm? Yeah, but it's a need. I don't care. We're not led by needs. Yeah, but man, it's a real opportunity. I don't care. We're not led by opportunities. Hmm? I need to hear from God. Need to hear from God. If necessary, miss some meals. Spend some extra time getting quiet. People think, well, that takes time. You think that takes time. Try cleaning up a mess. Try wasting your savings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Relocating to a place, take another position, get out there after two years and lost everything and nothing works and finally decide I missed God. And you thought it would have took a long time to wait three days? You know what I'm talking about? Before you move, before you launch into that marriage. Young people, did you hear me? Yeah, I better tell that story. <laughs> As an instructor out at Ramah, we were encouraged to help the students with the rules. And one of the rules was no PDA, public display of affection. And it's a good rule. I mean, it's unbecoming for people who are supposed to be there training in the ministry to be hugging on each other all the time. And it just, anyway, I uh, was looking out the window. I, I got through cl- to class and I go back to my office and my office had a window that faced the parking lot. 
And I'm sitting there for a few minutes thinking about some things in the class. And I'm going to go to lunch in a bit. And here's this young man and young woman by their car. And I mean, they're doing some serious PDA. <laughs> I mean, smooching and hugging there. They are involved. Well, I don't want to get into this, but you know, we're, we're told, you know, you say something. Well, I let it go that day. Next day, they're back again. So I, I get, you know, my, my windows were tinted, so I, I'm sure they didn't know I was there. But here they are again. Next day, there they are again. Finally, I just, I didn't want to do it, but finally, you, know, you need to say something. So I, I walked around. Finally, I'd tap them on the shoulder. I mean, they're involved. You know what I'm saying? I, <clears throat> they turned around and saw me. They weren't happy to see me. I said, guys... You know, y'all don't need to be doing this. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. And I'm sure they thought, well, he's just old fogey. He don't know. We're in love. Da-da-da-da. Da, da, da. <clears throat> and uh, they weren't too happy with me. But I looked at them. I said, guys, I said, uh, y'all feel like that you're supposed to get married, I'm guessing? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the ones. We're the... I said, well, listen. I said, right now, both of y'all, your hormones are talking so loud it would be very difficult for you to hear from God about this. Amen. I mean, if he was saying that this is not right, it'd be very hard for you to hear from him. Because your body's talking so loud. And, um, well, they didn't care for that at all. <clears throat> but I went on about my way, and I didn't, I don't know whether they just relocated or, or what, but I didn't see him again. But a year or two later, I was doing something somewhere and I saw the young lady. Well, I didn't recognize her at first. She said, Brother Keith, they'd tell you something. She said, do you remember? And she told me the story. And I said, yes. She said, I was the young lady. I said, oh, okay. She said, when you said that, it, it upset us. She said, but I got home and I got to thinking about that. And I couldn't get away from that, that your hormones are talking so loud. You couldn't hear God if he's trying to talk to you. And she said, I told him, you know, let, let's, let's do cool off just a bit here and make sure this is God. She said, when I started praying, the Lord told me in no uncertain terms, no, no. And the further we went, I saw how wrong it was. And they didn't get married at all. They broke it off. What's number one? And see, you know, when you, you know, if it's a business deal, people get dollar signs in their eyes. Covetousness blinds you to the leading of the Lord. You get, you get this money in your eyes, and if you're not careful, you, 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 you go through the motion, well, I ought to pray over this. So you go to your bedroom and you go, alright, rundai, shundai, untamai, botai, okay, it's okay, God, we got, you know, and you go do it. You never heard from God? I'm mean, not talking about you. You went through the motion, but you didn't hear from God. Listen carefully, guys. In order to hear from God, you have to be objective. Truly objective. What I mean is you've got to be willing to hear yes or no. Do it or don't. You've got to be, even if your flesh wants 130% to do it, you've got to be willing to hear no. Or that's why you can't even hear from God. If your heart is such that you're not willing to hear it, he's not even going to talk to you about it because he knows you wouldn't listen anyway. I know in ministry, I was busy, busy at the school there. And the Lord was dealing with me about going out on the road more. This was some years ago. I didn't want to go more. 
I was speaking. You know, I might, I was speaking 15 times a week sometimes. I figured that's enough. I wasn't looking for more work. The Lord kept dealing with me, do it. You know, go out, go out. Well, I didn't want to hear that. And you know, people have a little trick they can play. They can pretend they don't know what that is. Something come up in you? What is that? We don't know what that is. Hmm? Then the devil will jump on you and say, we have no clue what that is. <laughs> what is that? We don't know. And so, you know, your, your, your head and your flesh tries to play games with you like that. You know, well, we don't know what that is. Well, there was another area I had been seeking God about diligently for like, I mean, months and months. And couldn't get clear on it. Couldn't get my answer. And I remember distinctly that nobody was in the house one day and I was there by myself sitting in my big chair that I read in sometimes. And that came up to me. I got quiet. And that came up to me about this going out. And I saw that the Lord had been dealing with me about that now for months and months. And I hadn't been wanting to look at it. So I just said out loud, nobody in the house but me, I said, okay, Lord, if you want us to do it, we'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. And when I said that, he spoke to me. He said, all right, now I'm going to talk to you about this other thing that I've been seeking. I had no idea the two were connected. In my mind, they weren't. But in his, they were. You understand, the least bit of unwillingness is going to be like a wall between you and hearing from God. You've got to be willing to hear things that your flesh might not want to hear. You've got to be willing to hear anything. I know, even if you want it to be Yes. All the blessings of God are yes. Amen. He's never going to tell you no to be healed or no to have your needs met. But I'm talking about things that you want to do that might not be his will or that kind of thing. Number one, hear from God. Number two, once you know you've heard, launch out. Number three, what? Don't do what they did. What did they do? They tried, uh, you know, they, they shifted all the responsibility for the deliverance to the Lord. And they're shaking him. You get up. You get up and do it. And he happened to be there in the flesh and he did. But he turned around and told them, you know, well, let's just read it. Where is your faith? They came to him and they awoke. They said, Master, Master, we perish. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. Did he pray? He didn't pray. What did he do? He rebuked. Now this couldn't have been God or he wouldn't have rebuked it. This storm couldn't have been God or he wouldn't have rebuked it. Is that right? Hold your, hold your place here and go back just a page or two in this same passage of Luke. Let's see, the uh, fourth chapter, Luke 4, verse 38. Same thing you see here, different area, but the same principle. Luke 4, 38, he arose out of the synagogue. He entered into Simon's house. Simon's wife, mother, was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her, and he stood over her and prayed diligently that the Father would heal her. No, no prayer here. Prayer is right. But I'm talking about there are times when people are praying when they're supposed to be doing something else. Trying to get God to do something when he's told us to do something. You cannot turn over to God what he turns over to you. It doesn't work that way. He stood over her and rebuked Peter's mother-in-law. Huh? No. No. Our problem is not with flesh and blood. 
It seems that way sometimes. But it's not. The meanest, ugliest, stinkiest person around. You get them saved and cleaned up and filled with the Holy Ghost and they're just great. You were. Okay. Uh, you are, I should say. Now, he stood over her and he did what? Are you with me? He did what? Rebuked the fever. Well, then God couldn't have been in that fever. Is that right? Because if God was in her being sick, no way would Jesus have rebuked it. He and the Father are one. He, he's not going around rebuking things that the Father God did. And, we, and this is not an isolated instance. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. We're told they're just plain as you can say it. All the people he ministered to, they weren't afflicted of God. They were oppressed of the devil. Is that right? And when something's the devil, we can rebuke it. We have authority. We can speak against it. And in many things, we're not to pray and beg God to make the devil stop. We're to stand up. We're to speak to it. If it's a mountain, we're to say, stop. Get out of the way. Jesus looked at this situation. He didn't pray. He didn't kneel. He didn't fast. He didn't call the prayer hotline. He just looked and he said, fever. He rebuked it. Rebuke is a strong word. It's a charge. It's a censure. It's, it's a harsh thing. He rebuked it. Fever. Leave this woman's body. Get out of her body. Remember years ago I read that and I thought, he rebuked the fever. Jesus is talking to a fever. He talked to the wind and waves. He talked to the fig tree. And I thought, Jesus is talking to a fever. He's not talking to God. Not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's talking to a fever. I thought, can fevers hear? Why talk to them if they can't hear? Can fevers hear? And I read the next phrase. What did it say? He rebuked the fever and it left her. I thought, yep, they can hear. Fevers can hear. And then, man, I had a flash. If fevers can hear, tumors can hear. Cancers can hear. Amen? Diseases can hear. And if we understand this, we should be speaking against them. While many are not, they're begging and pleading God, if it be His will, that He'll do something. They're trying to wake Jesus up. They're calling Jesus, come down from above and do something. And the Scripture said, don't say that. Don't do that. You need to know the Word is close to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Hallelujah. Believe it. Say it. Expect it. Amen. And it'll work for you. Speak to that fever. Would God ever mother knew this? And every father knew this. And when the baby was running a fever, they didn't panic and have to find 40 medications and, and call three doctors before they did anything. But so many things could be changed immediately before they got out of hand. Just speak to us. Now, fever, leave my baby. Fever, be gone off my baby in Jesus' name right now. And not just say it and wait and see if anything happens, but say it and expect it to happen. Amen. It would work. It's worked many times. It'll work for you. We're Christians. That means we're following in the steps of the anointed one. Here's the, here, we're his disciples. We're to do what he did. People say, well, you're just trying to act like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you trying to act like? 
Who is your example? Who are you following? Is there a better example? But see, the devil has lied. He didn't want people to know this. He didn't want people to do this. Because that means you, you stop him. You can stop him in his tracks in your life. Speak against hindrances. Speak against problems. How are you going to make it to the other side? How are you going to get all the way through? Don't be trying to wake Jesus up. Don't be crying and calling trying to get God to do something when he's already given you authority. He's already given you the Holy Spirit. We sang about the greater one inside of us. Amen? Do what he did. He stood up. He spoke to the wind. Amen? He spoke to the waves. And what happened? Read it again. Luke 8. He spoke. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. And the guys were standing there with their mouth open and he said to them, where's your faith? That was mine. Where's yours at? Is he saying they could have done that? Is he saying they should have done that? Would it have pleased him the best if they had just let him sleep? Huh? And them act on what they've been hearing and seeing in his teaching and preaching and ministry for all these years. If they'd have just stood up, if it took all of them to stand up at once and just speak to it and expect it to stop. And just let, you know, bail the water out and get to the other side and go, you know, Jesus, we had a storm out there. We took care of it though. It's all right. Would he have been better pleased with that? We know he would have because faith pleases him. He was not happy with it because he looks at him and goes, where's your faith? Where's your faith? And you know, he asked them in the other writing, why are you so afraid? And the next verse says, so they feared exceedingly. (laughs) They didn't get it at all. Why are you so full of fear? So they got more afraid. Mm. We're not going to throw any rocks though, are we? Mm -mm. And they being afraid wondered and they said to to each other, what manner of man is this? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. Did you notice the language? What manner of what? Man. Not what manner of God. Though he was God, is God, always will be God. He emptied himself and he operated as a man. What kind of man? A man who knew his authority. A man who had faith. Are there any men in here like this? Any women in here like this? Huh? Verse 26. Here's the punchline. And they arrived. (laughs) They got there. They got there. By the mercy of God. (laughs) Amen. Because they didn't do what they could have or should have. And that's where a lot of us have been. By the mercy of God. He got us through because we wasn't doing what we should have done. And the Lord has mercy on folk that are ignorant and don't know. He does. And when you're walking in the light that you have, even though it's not much, there have been people that just, you know, all they did was holler Jesus. Jesus, help me. Peter did it when he's walking on the water. And he did. He had mercy on him. He helped him. But then he wants to know, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? All these things are telling us we can walk on a higher level than we've been walking. Amen. We are not supposed to be begging God night and day, trying to get him to get the mountains out of our life, trying to get him to calm the storms, trying to get him to make the fever go. We're not supposed to be doing that. That He didn't tell us to pray about those things. He told us to speak against them and use the authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Did he? He said, you could not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you could speak to the mountain. You can do this. If you believe on me, the works that I did, you can do also and greater works. Amen. Do you believe it? Stand up on your feet. Let's act on this tonight. And the main thing is, don't don't just let this be a a one-time thing with you now. This needs to be in your life. As a way of life, a lifestyle. All through your life, day in, day out. Problems come up. Obstacles, mountains, hindrances. Act on it right then. Speak to it. Speak against it. You don't have to yell and scream for two hours. You either have authority or you don't. Right? It either has to listen to you or it doesn't. Now, you know, it's, it's scriptural to pray for the sick. It's scriptural to lay hands on the sick. It's scriptural to pray the prayer of agreement. It's scriptural to anoint with uh, oil and all these things. But I don't feel like we should do that tonight. Maybe you know, we may do that tomorrow night. But I, we need to act on the word tonight. And we need to act on our authority. Amen. And if there are any tumors in this room, we need to kill them. If there are any growths in this room, we need to kill them. We don't need to beg God. You don't need to beg me. You don't need to beg the pastor. You have the name of Jesus. You have authority. The Holy Ghost is in you. Amen. And these things have to obey you when you speak in faith. If you've been having money problems and it seems things like things have been hindered and bottled up and held up, we're going to speak against it. Amen. For it to be loosed. Problems in the body. Problems in the family. Let's exercise some authority right now. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to lead you. Say it. And don't just say it, but expect it. Expect it to come to pass. Say it out loud. Father God, I thank you. I am your child. I thank you for giving me the name of Jesus and the authority that goes with it. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit, the greater one, the mighty power of God. In Jesus' name, I have authority over all demons, over all disease, to move obstacles, to stop problems, to calm storms, to rebuke sickness. I have authority. I have power. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, I want you to lay your hands on your body. Well, first of all, before we do that, first of all, put your hands on your head. Sit out loud in Jesus' name. Fear and doubt. Leave me. Be gone. Confusion. Deception. Be gone. Heaviness. Be gone. Depression. Be gone. In Jesus' name. Mind. Be strong. Think clear. Be bright. And sharp. Lay your hands on your chest. Sit out loud. Soul. Be strong. Have peace. Be at rest. And be free and loosed. Hallelujah. Put your hands on your body. Just on your body. 
Said out loud, body, body. Be, strong. be strong. Now, if you don't have this situation, then you're speaking against this and other people's bodies. Said out loud, tumors, tumors. and growths, and growth. anything, anything that ought not be in the body. I speak against you. I command you in Jesus' name. Die. Die. Dry up. Be gone. Leave me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak over some parts of your body. Hearts. Be clear. Be strong. Lungs. Be clear. Be strong. Stomach, Stomach. Intestines. intestines, be healed, be, healed. be whole, be free, be work, right. work right, every organ, every, organ. every gland, every gland. Be, right. be right, be normal, be, normal. be, healthy. be healthy, be strong, be strong. Every, bone. every bone, every muscle, every, muscle. every ligament, every all my nerves, all my, nerves. All my skin, be healthy. Be, healthy. Be, whole. be whole. Be right. Be, right. be, strong. be strong. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Say this out loud. Satan. In Jesus' name. I command you, take your hands off my money, off my finances, off my investments, off my business, my job. In Jesus' name, stop in your operations. Cease in your maneuvers. Ministering spirits, angels, Go. Go. Cause, the money to come. Cause the money to come. Work. Work. Influence. Influence. Cause, it Cause it to come. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, in addition to that, you need to claim specific amounts. Amen. Whatever you need. Here's a little tip. Always claim extra. Always claim some extra. But do it. If you haven't done it, do it tonight. Do it. Do it now. Whatever you need. If it's a thousand, if it's ten thousand, if it's a million, whatever it is, claim it. Amen. Claim it. All right. We need to speak over our family. Say it out loud in Jesus' name. Satan, stop. In your, in your operations and your maneuvers, your maneuvers. Against, our marriages, against our marriages, against our families, against our, families. Against our, children. Against our children. We forbid it. We, forbid. we bind you. We bind you. You, cannot you cannot continue. continue. We, stop we stop it in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Our, marriages our marriages are strong. Are strong. Our families are strong and free and right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be it. So be it. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Ooh, glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Had two more sermons come up just then while I was stopping. Can't preach them to you now, though. But it is so important that you don't forget number one. Amen. Hear from God. And then in connection, see, if you're trying to exercise authority and faith in something that he didn't tell you to do, it's not going to work. Hmm? That's why I keep saying that. But when you're doing what he told you to do, even if you get in the middle of the storm, then you can speak to the wind. You can speak to the waves. Amen. And expect them to obey you. And they will. But sometimes people have been in situations where they are rebuking and binding. They're doing this and that. And it's not working. And they're not stopping to seek. God never told them to do that. They're, they're doing their own thing. They never heard. They launched out on their own. And that's how you can get in trouble. But incorporate this into your daily life. When a problem comes up, when a hindrance comes up, you don't have to call somebody else. Act on it right then. Don't start trying to wake Jesus up. Don't start, don't start trying to get him to come down from above. Don't just start pleading with the Father. Stand up. Act. Speak. Rebuke disease. Amen. Rebuke lack and problems. Anything that's not right. Anything that's a hindrance to you. And watch the word of God work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you. We, we've had things happen in here tonight. You may not know it. But I'm telling you. We've had some substantial things happen right here tonight. Minds have been changed. Souls have been changed. Bodies have have and are being changed. Families. Amen. Finances. It has happened. It is happening. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.